It has been two weeks since I've done the podcast. I went on, um, I want to say a mini vacation, but the past two weeks have been pretty insane. And it's been so crazy to think about the fact that I haven't even had a chance to give you guys my thoughts and feelings about Sound and Fury, which happened, uh, honestly, almost a month ago. So we got to do a bit of time traveling. We got to jump back to the middle of July and talk about Sound and Fury. I was actually really happy with how the fest turned out. I was able to track down Antonio from Spine, and he was gracious enough to come on and do an episode with me. And I just want to take the time out to thank everybody from all over that took the time to listen to that podcast because that one was really special. It was the first time I ever brought somebody onto the podcast that I hadn't really known personally beforehand. And it went way better than I could have ever imagined. So thank you guys for the support on that. It means a lot to me. And in the future, I'm planning on bringing in more guests. Uh, since I've been gone, I've been doing some networking, networking, and uh, trying to get people to agree to come on to my little podcast. So in the future, uh, just keep your eyes out because uh, we got some cool guests lined up. And uh, Garrett, he'll definitely be back on. There's this uh, two-hour podcast that we did where we talked about Jersey Shore family vacation. Uh, I just haven't uploaded it. It's sitting in the vault next to the Dapper Day podcast and the House Calendula podcast. Um, It'll get released eventually. So if you stick around long enough, you'll get to hear those episodes from the vault. But... Back to Sound and Fury, Uh, there's so many good things to say about the fest. It was very refreshing to see so many friends in one place because sometimes we just get caught up in life uh, and living in different parts of the world, so we don't get to see each other that often, but it's awesome that we all share this bond with hardcore that we will do what it takes to get time off of work um, and make it out to LA and just spend the weekend hanging out and enjoying good music. And it trips me out that there was a bunch of friends of mine there that I didn't even get a chance to see because I was so caught up with like having to watch certain bands that I've been wanting to see or even just meeting new people or talking to friends that I hadn't seen in a while. There was just so many people there that I didn't have a chance to talk to everybody or even see everybody. The venue was at the, uh, it was the Belasco theater, which, uh, hold on, Garrett's texting me. You'd think after doing 22 episodes of podcasting, I'd remember to shut off my phone. I'm feeling like Brian Callen right now, so apologize for that. But we're back. Okay, so the Santa Fury took place at the Belasco Theater. It was very spacious. Uh, it felt like a maze um, with all the little uh, ins and outs of the patio leading to the different sections of the um, the upstairs. The I, I want to call it the mezzanine uh, just because I think of the Hyperion Theater whenever I'm, I'm in a giant theater like that. But it was very spacious. Uh, the only complaint that I had about the entire festival was... The fact that the the intimate stage upstairs, there was literally one way in and one way out, and it was just a normal doorway. So when there's hundreds of kids in this intimate room uh, wanting to funnel out to get downstairs to see the next band that they want to, it turned into like this giant shit show. It was so bad that I had to... Um, 
plan to just stand in the back of the room just so I could duck out early before the mob so I can make it downstairs in time to see whoever I wanted to see. Uh, so that was my only complaint, but honestly, there's really nothing you can do because that's just how the building's built. But other than that, the fest was great. Um, I loved Dare on Saturday. It was so cool to see them play first and have the kind of reaction that they did. And I, I loved the fact that all of their friends came out and showed full support. Um, so many stage dives, the, the whole floor, the pit was just going off. Um, there was that video that went viral that I actually happened to be in, which is actually really funny. Um, I was like the only person in a red t-shirt that was moshing. So it was easy to spot me. And I had so many friends like tag me in different versions of that video getting viral on different websites. It was pretty crazy how it blew up, but it was kind of funny to see um, all the outsiders of hardcore react to it because they just didn't really understand what was going on. But shout out to Dare. Um, Love that band, Um, not just because they're Orange County straight edge, but just the fact that um, I think they're a great young band from Orange County that has a lot of potential and room to grow. Uh, So hopefully you guys um, keep your eyes out and pay attention to that band because based off that reaction um, and all the exposure that they got, I just feel like that band is just going to get bigger. So keep your eyes out. Dare hardcore. Other sets that I was excited about. I was stoked to see uh, Division of Mind. I was really, really into their set. Um, really heavy, just good music. Super stoked on that. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing them again. I don't know if they have any plans to tour or come out to California, but I would definitely like to see them again. Another set that stood out to me was Eco Strike. Um, I feel like they're just one of those bands that are special. They have a great message. Definitely love what they stand for. And the things that they do for their scene back home is awesome. So I was stoked to finally get to see them uh, at San Fury. I actually saw them twice. I saw them at the after show. Um, I, I guess we can get to that right now. I was so stoked going into the fest because I was like, hell yeah, I get to see Eco Strike twice. Um, and I can't remember how else was on the bill because there's um, like the original lineup, but then last minute, uh, Mill Spec hopped on and Division of Mine hopped on. So we're literally at this venue. Show started at, I can't remember what time the show started, but it wasn't supposed to start or it wasn't supposed to end that late. But I just remember being so exhausted. I was just like, I just went through a whole day of hardcore. I don't understand why I thought this after show would be cool, especially for someone like me, because um, my sleep schedule is totally like opposite because I work so early in the morning and my body just gets worn out like really fast if I'm very active during the day. So I'm sitting at the, the bar and the bands are taking forever to set up the two extra bands got added and I've never wanted to get out of somewhere so bad in my entire life. I was, I was literally falling asleep at the bar around a bunch of other people. And it was just kind of embarrassing because I was just like nodding off, almost falling off my bar stool. And I was so tired I didn't even care. I sat for every band um, leading up to Eco Strike. And once Eco Strike played, I went and got in the pit. And I don't even think they played their full set from what they played at at the actual Sound Fury to the after show. It was definitely shorter and they didn't play songs that I wanted to hear. But low key, I was happy because like we got out of there at around like 1 a.m., like I had friends who went to see Iron Age and was able to make it from Iron Age to the Triple B after show and was able to catch Eco Strike. So I was just so tired and so happy to finally leave that place because it had been a long day. 
long weekend of hardcore and I was just happy to finally be able to get out of there so I could just go home and sleep in a bed and not have to think about being at a hardcore show all day because um, as much as I love it and I appreciate Sound and Fury every year that it happens, um, by the end of it, I just get exhausted. And that could be due to the fact that I'm antisocial. As much as I want to be social, uh, I'm like torn because sometimes I, well, not sometimes, most of the time I do things by myself just because I have had to learn to not rely on people because the people that I used to hang out with, um, super whack, flaky, or just uh, too cool to do the things that I wanted to do, like go to Disneyland, maybe uh, read some comic books, just normal stuff, just nothing too like hip or um, edgy, just things that I'm into. Uh, so they didn't like doing that stuff, so I had to learn to do things on my own. I went through like a period of time uh, living out in Orange County and didn't really have any friends. So just grew to uh, learn to do things by myself. And that's how I spend most of my time now. Uh, but things are always more fun in my opinion, when you have friends to share experiences with, but it's always like a, like a good idea. But then when, uh, the time comes to hang out, or when I'm actual, um, or I'm actually in a social uh, setting, I just uh, immediately want to get out because it's not as good as I had imagined. So uh, I don't know where I'm going with this point because I'm just rambling on about how uh, I like being alone, but I hate it sometimes. But it's definitely uh, worth it because I can just do whatever I want and not have to uh, rely on people and and it's great but i'm weird you guys uh will understand um by listening to this podcast over time you'll realize how it is with me but it's fine because i have good intentions so if i ever flake on you or just don't show up um, or leave early um, most of the time it's just because I would rather be alone, nothing against you guys. It's just that after a whole weekend of being surrounded by thousands of people, the majority of which I don't know, uh, being alone in my room just sounds fantastic. Last thing about sand and fury. I just want to say thank you to sand and fury for putting on an amazing fest and I'm super excited and looking forward to next year always crossing my fingers for that Righteous Jams reunion. I went to San Diego with the homie Garrett and it was really fun. We went down there because he wanted to fix the AC in his car, which to me, I don't know anything about cars. I used to have a 2000 Honda Civic, which Anytime anything went wrong with it, I would have to YouTube how to fix the issue before I would take it into a mechanic. Because if the issue wasn't that big um, and I could take care of it on my own, uh, I would do it. So just to save some money, uh, because most of the time, little things will just kill you on labor. Like they'll charge you for like, uh, you can buy like a $10 air filter, but they'll charge you like 60 bucks to change it because of labor. So I only know stuff about cars from what I learned on YouTube and Garrett seemed pretty confident that he could fix his AC. Um, I don't know the real issue. Some, a pressure valve or something popped off and he just wanted to seal the hole uh, and sounded complicated to me, but he swore that uh, he could do it. So we planned this uh, weekend um, in San Diego, which was cool. I was definitely down because my, my parents were um, in Mexico and his parents were in Mexico at the same time. So it, it just made sense for us to hang out because I don't want to go to, uh, see my parents 
oh, well, I couldn't see my parents because they're in Mexico. So I don't want to drive down to the desert and just be in an empty house. So Garrett was like, dude, let's roll to San Diego, have a cool weekend. I'll show you around and create some new memories. I was totally down. So we went down on a Friday night, which, uh, thought it was going to be bad just because of traffic. Uh, we were literally leaving when, uh, it was like the worst time, like at 5 PM. But surprisingly we utilized the carpool lane and there's no accidents. So we actually made it down in a pretty good time. I was actually really surprised. Um, we were, we first stopped in Oceanside because Garrett hyped up these, uh, sliders. It's a slider that contained pork belly, peanut butter and jalapeno jelly. And I was pretty skeptical because none of that sounded good together as a team, but I liked everything separate minus, uh, jalapenos. I'm not a huge fan of jalapenos. But he swore on his life that I would love these. So I'm like, all right, I'm kind of a foodie down to Chinese stuff. So we went to Oceanside, went to this brewery called Bagsby. Uh, is it Bagsby? I'm pretty sure it's Bagsby. I always pronounce it wrong. The atmosphere was pretty chill. Uh, we opted to go sit upstairs in the outside portion, which I definitely didn't mind because we were... Um, we're in North County, technically San Diego, but the weather was way better down there than it was in Orange County because that week when we went, it was like high nineties all week in Orange County. And when we hit, um, Oceanside, it was like high seventies. So it was a big difference and it was definitely nice to be sitting on this like deck and getting served like awesome food. Uh, so I ordered the sliders because I didn't even want to look at the menu. The girl came, I was like, yo, I need a Shirley temple and I need to try these sliders. So sh she was down, brought us the food, a uh, great service. And I was like looking at the sliders. I had to like examine it and smell it and just take it all in. And I took my first bite and I was so surprised at how well, the three different flavors worked together. Like I was so surprised and I was super stoked that whoever the chef was, I wanted to meet him because the way that he cooked the pork belly, he did it with perfection. It wasn't too chewy. It was just cooked just right. Um, cause going into it, I pictured that the slider was going to be like super chewy and my jaw was going to get tired from having to break down the pork belly, but the chef did an amazing job. I was very pleased with those sliders that I had a post about it on Instagram. I had a bunch of my friends hit me up asking me what I thought about it because I told everybody that, uh, that that was one of the reasons why we were going down was to try these sliders. So shout out to Garrett for introducing me to those. They're really good. If you're ever in Oceanside, hit up uh, Bagsby and try out the pork belly sliders. You won't regret it. And if you do hit up Garrett because he's the one who put me on it. And that's why I'm telling all of you guys about it. Um, after Bagsby, we uh, were driving down to Garrett's parents' house and I can't remember where they lived at. They lived in some part of San Diego County, but on the way, I don't know. I can't remember how we got on the topic, but the topic of the paranormal came up and everybody knows that I used to be an amateur ghost hunter and uh, people always laugh at that, but like we were like real serious about it and we weren't professional yet at that point, but we did some pretty crazy stuff and had some wild experiences. That's why I don't do it anymore. I, um, decided to get out before things got too crazy, but I was telling Garrett about all the crazy stuff that we used to do. And he mentioned that there was this haunted, like legendary haunted ghost road in San Diego. And I had never heard of it before. Um, and I've been to San Diego like a millions of times. I used to frequent San Diego. Um, so I thought he was pulling my leg, but then I Googled it 
Um, the road is called Proctor Valley Road. Um, if any of you guys are familiar with it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, I Googled it and all these stories came up of um, people seeing, uh, seeing and being chased by a demon car. Uh, there was allegedly a lady who would either appear in white or blue as a hitchhiker. And if you picked her up, uh, she was supposed to kill you. And it was, I was pretty skeptical, even though I believe in the paranormal. Uh, I was like, ah, haunted road. And you hear about that stuff all the time. Put your car in reverse. Ghost babies will push you up a hill. Uh, just random things like that. So we decided to stop at a local Walmart because I wanted to get something to drink and some snacks because I don't want to eat all of his parents' food. And I decided to ask some of the locals um, who worked at the Walmart if they've ever heard of Proctor Valley Road. And I literally asked three people. I asked this girl, and she had no idea what I was talking about. Uh, she thought we were crazy. Uh, the second guy I asked, he looked, um, he was older, looked a little deranged. So I figured, oh, okay, um, he's probably been around these parts for a while. Uh, he also had no idea what I was talking about. And then some like uh, local hipster kid who apparently had just moved down from Seattle had to chime in and tell us that uh, he's lived in the city but has never explored, so he doesn't know where it is. And I wanted to be like really rude to him because in my mind, I'm like, okay, you hear us asking this uh, deranged gentleman about Proctor Valley. And you know that you know nothing about what we're talking about, but you're just going to come butt in just to tell us that you don't know anything. So frustrating. I was like, man, I want to slap this guy. I do want to punch him. I just wanted to slap him just to let him know, like, dude, chill. Like, you don't know anything. Don't talk to us. Uh, we're trying to find people who can help. So none of the locals could help. And... Garrett and I were leaving the Walmart and there's this guy who was like following us. It was weird. He was, um, had a black hood, black pants and, uh, it was dark out obviously because we were just getting to town late in the evening and, uh, we, we couldn't see his face. Uh, but it turns out it was just because the lighting was bad. It wasn't because he was the driver of the um, hell car that was supposed to run you off the road on Proctor Valley. Uh, but it was just some random guy with crazy lighting where we couldn't see his face. So we, we thought it was creepy for like two seconds and then realized um, he wasn't out to get us before we made it to the road. And we finally make it to Garen's parents' house and... I'm like notoriously bad at staying up late. I'll fall asleep anywhere um, as long as I can get comfortable, which doesn't take that much. And I'm like nodding off at uh, Gary's parents' house, and I don't think Proctor Valley Road is going to happen because part of me, um, I honestly felt like Garrett was kind of scared because he obviously is from the area. He knows all like the legends about the road. He's, he's even told me that he's been uh, or th that he's driven through it a couple times. So he knows how creepy it really can be. And for me, I'm not really taking that serious. And I think it's like about like 11 p.m. And I'm like trying to stay awake because I really want to do this. And I know that our time is limited in San Diego. So it's like if we didn't do it that night, we probably weren't going to do it at all. And I definitely wanted to um, have a cool story to tell you guys. So I'm like, dude, like we have to go. Like I gotta not be tired. Like I gotta get up and I gotta do this. And um, we opt uh, to take Garrett's dad's truck, which was a, definitely a, a really good choice. Um, knowing how like bumpy and crazy that road is, because Proctor Valley Road stretches for six miles. And it's not paved. It's just crazy. This crazy dirt road in between these two mountains. And there's crazy potholes like rocks and bushes and crazy stuff. So I'm really glad that we took the truck because if we would have taken Garrett's um, GTI, we definitely wouldn't have made it through. We probably would have um, got stuck and had to see some crazy stuff. But 
we're driving to Proctor Valley Road and doesn't seem creepy to me at all. seems like we're just driving through normal neighborhoods. Uh, we're seeing a bunch of traffic from the casino leaving. Um, just nothing seemed crazy until we actually hit the neighborhood right before Proctor Valley because um, everything turns into farmhouses and those just look really creepy at night. And the roads started to get like really narrow and really windy. And then we finally end up on Proctor Valley Road. And it's not wide at all. Like I asked Garrett, I'm like, is this supposed to be um, like a one way or do, do cars come from the other side? And he told me that, yeah, it's supposed to be a, like a two lane, like, you know, one lane for um, each opposing side of traffic. And uh, I was just thinking to myself, like, there's no way two cars can fit on this dirt road because it was so narrow. But um, we're driving through it. And part of me like was like, OK, like, I hope we don't see the hell car because I don't know. Um, if Garrett's going to hit it like fast and fierce and get us out of there, or if he was going to, um, be able to get ran off the road and then we were going to get taken by whatever's in the hell car. So that was the one thing I didn't want to see, uh, hitchhiking lady that wouldn't have scared me because I probably would have just, uh, rolled down the window and just bark at her, uh, for some weird reason, uh, that night I was barking at people and Garrett kept laughing because he uh, expected me to do some crazy like rough riders bark but I was just doing like this uh, high pitched annoying bark I'm definitely not going to do it for you guys but um, you can just picture that in your head just imagine me sounding like a high pitched dog barking it's really annoying but that's uh, what I wanted to see I just wanted to see the hitchhiking lady maybe get a glimpse of her uh ghostly face or something um oh and garrett also mentioned that there's also like a tribe of blue people that roam um the desert i'm pretty sure it was like just like we're in between these two mountains and i couldn't really see what was beyond the dirt road because it was like pitch black there's obviously no street lights the only light source that there was 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 uh was our headlights and the moon so it was pretty dark out there hmm. i'm definitely disappointed to let you guys know that we made it across the six miles of dirt road and literally didn't see anything i think the creepiest thing that we saw was a car getting towed like right before we went into the dirt road it looked creepy pulling up to it because we're like, oh, wow, like, are there fire trucks out here stopping us from going? But when we pulled up, it was a tow truck. Uh, seemed kind of fishy because it wasn't towing anything. There was just the tow truck and the tow truck driver was just walking alongside the truck and he kind of gave us like a thumbs up. But that was literally the creepiest thing that we saw because six miles of dirt road literally didn't see anything. I definitely would do it again. Uh, I think we might have been out there a little too early because, like I said, we were out there like around 1130 to midnight. If I had the option, I'd want to go out there starting the trail at 3 a.m. during the witching hour. Um, maybe we could get a glimpse uh, when those portals open, get a glimpse of that a hell car or uh, the hitchhiking lady or these blue people that Garrett mentioned. So definitely uh, we plan on having another San Diego trip and that's going to be on my list of things that I want to do again is hit up Proctor Valley Road. So we reached the other side of the, of the canyon and we were like in Chula Vista area. And I told Garrett about how I used to have this ex-girlfriend that lived in Chula Vista. And for some reason, it was probably like closer to like one in the morning. He wanted to know where she lived. And I kind of gave him like this really vague description of um, what I remembered from driving to her house. And just by chance, we were driving around, driving around, and we actually ended up finding um, where she lived 
and it was it was like one of those moments where we felt like okay this is definitely a simulation so we're driving down some street i don't remember what the street was called but we turn into her neighborhood and i'm like oh shit this is it because i had all these crazy flashbacks and i'm like okay this is definitely the street leading to the actual street she lives on so we're on this street it's called d street and I, I told Garrett, I'm like, okay, we're on D Street. Um, I remember her street is the first right you make. So we're creeping because we're trying to make sure um, we're finding the right place. And we're, we're going. And as the first right is coming up, he looks at the street sign. And he's like, dude, look at the street name. And I look up and it's Garrett. And we're like looking at each other like, holy shit. Why is the street name Garrett? And um, I couldn't tell him why, because obviously I didn't create the neighborhood. I don't know why the streets are named what they are. And he was freaking out. He was like, so you've been telling me that you've been coming to D and Garrett for this long and you never hit me up. And it was crazy. Like we, we hopped out of the truck and like filmed the video, uh, feeling like we were in a simulation at one in the morning. Maybe we're just tired. I have no idea. It was crazy so found that and then he took me to i think it's hillcrest i don't even know why we drove all the way to hillcrest because that was like opposite side of san diego from where we were actually staying um we, we went to hillcrest and we hit up this coffee shop that's 24 hours uh so shout outs to listat if I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the name of the coffee shop. Uh, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but we went to Lestat and Hillcrest and they're open 24 hours, which was totally cool. The walls were littered with like this crazy art. Um, it was done by like this local artist. He took um, like iconic movie posters, but replaced them with superheroes. So definitely thought that was really cool. It's like now by that time, it's like two in the morning and I want to be in bed, but I can't turn down good coffee and I, and I can't ignore the amazing art on the wall. So I was like, you know what? Um, even though I'd rather be in bed curled up, um, I can appreciate this spot. So shout outs to Lestats. I wish uh, we had a 24 hour coffee shop that was cool and served good coffee in Orange County. Um, and if there is, and I'm just oblivious to it, somebody please uh, point me in their direction so I can start drinking good coffee at random times of the night. Uh, that was pretty much the first day after Lestats. I was like, yeah, like I'm ready for bed. And the next day, what did we do? Woke up. Um, okay, I definitely remember what we did. We woke up. It was Saturday. Um, went and picked up like some stuff at the hardware store because this is the day Garrett was going to fix his car, picked up some stuff from the hardware store. And we went to his brother's house, which, um, was definitely cool. I was like, so freaking hot because that day was really warm and I didn't think we were going to be at his brother's house all day. So I didn't want to sweat through the shirt I was wearing. And we were literally like a stone's throw away from the beach. And there was like hello locals walking around shirtless. So I figured I was like, you know, I, I'm going to fit in. going to take off my shirt and let my skin breathe and not ruin my t-shirt. Um, we actually ended up staying at his brother's house like the whole day, which was actually really cool because, um, his brother, uh, and his family were very nice. They made us dinner. His brother's friends came over. Um, they were drinking, we're all hanging out and having fun. I was able to pull up the UFC on my phone. So I got to watch, um, all the fights live, uh, shout outs to Henry Cejudo for finally taking out, uh, Mighty Mouse. And for everybody saying that Mighty Mouse got robbed, I don't see how he got robbed at all. The fight was very competitive. In my eyes, um, I saw it for Cejudo three to two. Um, I, I saw a lot of people arguing four to one, but I can't see how Cejudo won four to one. I definitely need to rewatch that, but 
just want to congratulate him on achieving uh, that goal of his and for him calling out TJ wanting to move up to Bantamweight and fight him there. I don't want to see that. I want to see Cejudo stay at Flyweight and fight the other contenders that he hasn't fought yet. Uh, I think that'd be really interesting. And I definitely want to see how um, Mighty Mouse comes back after his foot heals up. And in the main event, uh, TJ Dillashaw versus uh, Cody Garbrandt, too. Oh, man, I I don't know what's going on with Cody Garbrandt, but he didn't look um, like he normally does. He he definitely came out swinging, uh, added some kicks to his game. But I don't think uh, he definitely had that much of a different game plan than before because he uh, caught TJ like a couple times, but TJ just came back and finished him faster than he did in the first fight. So shout outs to TJ Dillashaw, a great champion, but honestly, I don't think he's the best at Bantamweight because he does have that loss to Cruz that he needs to avenge. But I've been saying for the longest time, uh, Marlon Marais needs his shot at the title. I think he should get it before Dominic Cruz, if I'm being honest. I want to see uh, Dominic Cruz fight um, Rafael Asuncao, and I want to see Marlon Marais get that title shot next because what he did to Jimmy Rivera in his last fight, uh, I think he deserves it. He's only had one loss in the UFC, and that was to Rafael Asuncao, but I think he got cheated out of that decision. Um, but all of his other performances have been amazing. The way he knocked out Aljamain Sterling, crazy. So I want to see TJ Dillashaw versus Marlon Marais for the Bantamweight title. So Marlon can finally prove that he is the best Bantamweight in the world. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> so I spent the rest of Saturday night at uh, Garrett's... Oh, Garrett's brother's house. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I mixed up Lestat's. I think we went to Lestat's on Saturday, not Friday. But whatever. Either way, um, the nights ended there. And then Sunday, we went to Balboa Park, which was actually really cool. On the way there, we stopped at some random place. I don't even know. We just parked on some random street corner and downloaded that app bird to um, rent those scooters that you see all over LA. And at first I was kind of skeptical, but once I was on it, (laughs) they're actually really fun. And I totally get why um, the locals and businesses hate those scooters. But I just felt like an outlaw. <laughs> like there's not even any really rules about it. Like when you download the app, they kind of give you instructions on how you should ride. Um, and then there are red zones where you're not supposed to go. But Garrett and I took these uh, bird scooters to Balboa Park and there was literally like no signs or anything um, about them. So we were literally just riding everywhere up and down sidewalks i was like circling some crazy fountain riding through this empty amphitheater and those things go really fast i was surprised at the kind of power that those electric scooters had and there i I think it's a like a very fair price it's um one dollar to start the ride and for every minute after that it's 15 cents so we rode for about two hours Uh, like a total of like 10 miles. And I think we only spent like $15 in total and like in like the bigger picture, $15 to have these crazy scooters to ride throughout this giant park. Uh, It's totally worth it. I definitely would do it again. I've been hoping that um, they would like migrate to orange County, but I'm not even sure if that, uh, services are going to last that long because I know they're getting uh, petitioned in LA to have them like not be legal or something. I probably should read into it. But yeah, I, I saw, actually, I got a notification in my app to, um, to vote to save um, Bird in LA. So hopefully they don't go away because it's definitely a fun service. Um, I would definitely recommend 
um, you guys to try it out. It's fun. It's easy. It's definitely convenient, especially if like you're not even traveling that far and it's not worth it to get an Uber or a Lyft. Uh, Bird is definitely a cool alternative to get across, like to get around the city. But that was basically our San Diego trip. We rode birds around Balboa Park. And then uh, we actually had our last dinner in Oceanside, which I thought was funny because we had our first meal of the weekend in Orangeside. And our last meal of the weekend was um, again in Orangeside. I said Orangeside. I meant Oceanside. Um, we stopped at this pizza place. It was like uh, they're selling pizza by the slice, which is always cool. Uh, the, the food was definitely like nothing to rave about, but it wasn't like a bad slice. I would definitely go back. Um, and Garrett was giving me crap because I was trying to picture life in Oceanside. Uh, cause it, it just seemed like really, um, like small town folk. Uh, like I didn't even recognize anything anybody was wearing. Um, I, I just felt so far from home and I just like wondered what those people did on the weekends and Garrett looked at me like I was a weirdo because I was trying to figure it out. <laughs> but we eventually made it back to Orange County. It was definitely a fun weekend in San Diego, but I was definitely very, very happy to be back. I always miss Orange County whenever I leave. So try not to be gone for too long. Damn, it definitely feels great to be back. But the last weekend... The last weekend that sounds funny you know so last weekend uh was great it was another reason why um i was gone uh it was suburban fight weekend which is amazing i am so grateful that we have that weekend to look forward to in orange county every year it was so great night one was super sick uh control played distort uh, Fury and oh, and Firearm from San Francisco. So sick. Um, I was definitely into all the bands that played. Fury played like four new songs, which was super sick. Um, definitely looking forward to, to the new record. I wish we had um, like more information on it, like a release date, maybe some like album art or anything, maybe a new tour. Uh, who knows? But Definitely all the four songs that they played that were new sounded great. Uh, Distort covered Stop and Think. I was super stoked on that. I was definitely surprised at uh, how many kids didn't know the words to the song, but whatever. It's not that big of a deal. I was stoked on it. Hopefully they do that cover more often because I love Stop and Think and I love Distort. Uh, Shoutouts to Control. I really, really am into that band going way back to when I interviewed Kyle Cool, um, and he first mentioned them. That was the first time I ever heard about that band till now. Great band. Um, shout outs to Brandon. Uh, we linked up at the show. Uh, he's going to be coming on fairly soon. So you guys got to look forward to that. And then Saturday. Uh, Saturday was cool. Got to see Wise from San Diego. That band is so sick. Like that's the reason why I interviewed Nick uh, a couple months ago, just because I want everybody to know about Wise. Uh, who else played? I'm trying to think. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Dare. Obviously, those are the homies. Love that band so much. Um, go check them out. They have a new record coming out soon. And Illusion from New York. Uh, it's always sick seeing them play. They just announced that they have a new record coming out on Locking Out, which is going to be sick. So keep your eyes, your eyes, not guys, keep your eyes out on that. Um, and like my only um, issue, it's not even an issue. Uh, so uh, there's a certain type of hardcore kid that comes out to a suburban fight show. So Friday, Saturday, um, it felt like a community because obviously we saw the same people night one, night two. It's all the same style. But the last night uh, took place uh, at a different venue. So the first two nights were at program. And then the third night was at uh, the Constellation Room at the Observatory, which 
Um, I only assume that they booked it there because they had uh, Trapped Under Ice headlining, like bigger band. They had like a bigger reach. So um, obviously they've played program before, but I don't know why. Maybe they just wanted to have it in the bigger room on Sunday. Um, but the only thing that I didn't like was um, it kind of broke that um, community feel. Like showed up on Sunday, uh, observatory is packed because there's a show in the main room that was sold out. And then obviously um, there's uh, since Trapped in Rice is so big, they have like a different kind of fan base than those other suburban fight type bands. Um, to categorize them. So I was like, oh, this is, this is like, okay, I guess I wasn't like super stoked on it, but, um, obviously I love, uh, Trapped Under Ice, love Firewalker. So I had to go out and support the bands that I like, but it just didn't feel like suburban fight at the observatory, if that makes sense. Um, or maybe I'm just like digging too deep into it, but, uh, show was fun regardless. (laughs) excuse me uh firewalker was super sick um i don't know who that uh guitar player was that they had up there but i definitely would like to meet her uh trapped around ice was fun loved all the songs they played off heat wave um i was really bummed they didn't play gemini that's one song that i would like to hear them play again uh gemini sea god now they have a million good songs that they didn't play that they could have that's not too big of an issue uh but the show was fun uh the weekend was great shout outs to suburban Fi and everybody that uh had in hand in putting it together shout outs to program uh the observatory for uh housing these shows definitely appreciate that and everybody that came out that that uh is keeping the scene alive shout outs to you it was a great weekend saw a, a bunch of great friends and I'm very excited to see uh, these bands grow over the next year and really curious to see how n- the next Suburban Fight Weekend is going to be because it's going to be great to see um, obviously newer bands and then the bands that played this year get more established, put out new music. It's just what I love about hardcore and weekends like that. Um, just great bands and friends and it's, it's always a good time go listen to control dare firewalker wise illusion fury odd man out the shows keep rolling i love living in southern california because we're just um blessed to have so many great bands want to come through and play um and all of our lovely cities down here this weekend uh, New Age Records putting on um, a great fest in Garden Grove. But leading up to that, uh, there's a lot of great shows that are going on. Thursday at the Shea Cafe, Restraining Order, Dare, Wise, and I'm pretty sure Drug Control. But that's going to be an amazing lineup. I'll see you guys there Friday. At program, we have restraining order and cutting through. That's going to be so freaking sick. And then um, Saturday, I think it's Saturday, the pre-show, uh, dividing line, shout outs to Casey. And then obviously, the, I'm pretty sure Saturday is the day of the big fest with uh, trial, mouthpiece, drug control, cutting through so many bands. So it's gonna be a great weekend. Um, if you haven't got your tickets yet, uh, hit up program. I'm pretty sure they still have tickets for sale. Or if not, hit up the New H Records website. It's gonna be a great weekend. I'm definitely stoked to see my homie Keith Freeman who plays bass in Restraining Order. He's a true homie. So if you're rolling through this weekend, uh, hit me up, let's hang out. If you need any recommendations on what to do, cool places to eat, we could definitely link up and figure it out. It's gonna be a good time. 
A lot of you have been wondering what's been going on in the downtown Disney area with ESPN Zone, Rainforest Cafe, Earl of Sandwich, and the AMC Theater closing. They're supposed to build a Disney hotel there, but this past Wednesday, the city and Disney announced that the project is going to be um, put on hold indefinitely. Disney decided to change the actual site of the hotel from its original location to a thousand feet closer to, excuse me, closer to uh, downtown Disney, actually in downtown Disney and the city of Anaheim didn't like that. So they wrote them a letter saying that uh, with the new site plan, um, the hotel didn't meet um, the expectations for the tax rebates. So Disney was like, whoa, like that's not um, what we're into. So we're going to put the project on hold until we figured it out. And that's kind of a big deal. Uh, construction was supposed to start on the hotel last month. Uh, which is crazy because I didn't even know that until this article came out. I thought we were still waiting for um, construction to actually start. I didn't know that they were behind schedule. And the hotel is supposed to open up in 2021, but that's definitely not going to be the case now, especially if they're this far behind. And I'm not even sure if they'll be able to come to an agreement, which I'm hoping that they will be because it's kind of uh, sad when you're on that end of downtown Disney and there's literally nothing to do anymore. But until they figured out and they get construction started, uh, it's come out that Disney's going to hire some food trucks to be parked in that side of downtown Disney starting uh, 3 PM every day. I read uh, afters, the ice cream truck's going to be there. Habit, that burger spot. And there's another truck that got announced, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. But there's all like uh, this crazy talk uh, saying that Disney might even hold out until November because uh, out in Orange County, there's going to be a local election for a new mayor uh, of Anaheim. And there's been rumblings that Disney might hold out for that whole new committee and maybe they'll want to give them their tax breaks on this new site, which honestly isn't that far from the original spot, um, which is crazy. I, I wish I knew the like ins and outs of why it's such a big deal, um, you know, moving from the original location to a thousand feet away, like why the city of Anaheim doesn't want to give them their tax breaks on it. Cause like, I'm just a normal person. I don't know anything about this stuff. So when I look at it, okay, the hotel was going to be on this side of downtown Disney. It's literally not that far from where it originally was supposed to be was like kind of near where the parking lot is. And then they decided to move um, which I think makes more sense into actual um, downtown Disney. I've seen like the uh, concept art for it and it actually looks pretty cool. So I would just be curious. Uh, and I'm going to try to uh, dig deeper into this and figure out why it's such a big deal that they decided to move the original location. And uh, Disneyland has been chill. I'm there all the time. And it's, it's crazy to think that we only have, it's honestly about like two more weeks left of Pixar Fest. I remember like leading up to it, it was such a big deal. There was like this huge craze for it. And honestly, I see the Pixar play parade so many times when I'm at the parks, I hang out in the magic shop, chilling with Johnny, shout out to Johnny Wonder. Um, I, I see it twice a day and I'm uh, I'm over it. I'm definitely ready for something new. So as exciting as Pixar Fest was, I'm happy for it to be over in two weeks. Uh, obviously in the last week, I'm going to try to make my rounds and enjoy some of the exclusive uh, Pixar Fest treats before they go away because uh, with Disney, we might not ever see it again. 
uh, things could pop up. Um, obviously, reskinned or with a new name. But just in case, we're going to make our rounds. We're going to get that uh, cake, uh, which they sell everywhere. I've only had it in Plaza Inn, but I literally see it at every restaurant. So that's definitely on the list of things to get. Definitely want to get that uh, corn dog from the corn dog castle again. That honestly was the best thing to come out of Pixar Fest. That or, man, there was that pastrami dog that they used to have, uh, but they said it was seasonal, quote unquote, which was weird because I thought it was a Pixar Fest item, but they switched it out for some Western bacon hot dog, which is um, didn't look that as that appetizing. So I'd never tried it. Uh, still not a fan. Every time I go in the uh, Coca-Cola corner, I just kind of stare at it and hate it because I wish they never got rid of the pastrami dog. But uh, so it's over in two weeks and I'm already starting to see uh, Halloween stuff trickle in. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you definitely saw on my Instagram story a uh, picture of that Halloween shirt, which was really cool. And I'm definitely feeling the artwork and the orange tea. But the only thing that sucked was it was a kid's tea. So they definitely didn't have it in my size. And they have a bunch of cool new designs, which I'm really into this year. They have this Heather Gray uh, glow in the dark hoodie. But the sizing seemed like really off. I, gr- I grabbed a large and the like large i barely fit into so uh i was like okay maybe this is like for kids or this is for uh, females so i grabbed an xl and i fit into the xl fine but the only thing was the sleeves were like way longer than my arms so i I don't know where they got these hoodies but the sizing is just like super weird so I might have to settle, which I hate doing. I never settle, but uh, I really like those hoodies. So I might have to settle on just buying the large and squeezing into it and having it fit kind of snug, which isn't the worst thing because obviously I'm wearing it to stay warm. Uh, but we'll have to see. Maybe I'll wait for the second batch and see if they have uh, different hoodies that they printed on, or maybe this is just how the entire run's going to be. I'm not too sure about that, but definitely looking forward to seeing uh, the Halloween stuff trickle in. I can already see they're already doing stuff on Main Street. They're already starting to take down all the Pixar banners, which is crazy because they have um, like the makeshift uh, scaffolding that they put on Main Street and they have like the fake tarp projecting the um, Pixar banners, but definitely behind it, they're pulling everything down and getting all the Halloween stuff up, which is cool. And I I definitely can't wait. And this year for Halloween, I'm super excited. I've never done this before. I just uh, got confirmation that I'll be in Disney World with the homie Steve Huey. Shout outs to one of Long Island's finest. I'm flying out of Orange County right into Orlando, and I'm super super excited because it's been honestly i think like um yeah i think it's been two years because i uh based off how many years i've been uh because of emily's birthday and she just turned 23 and we went there for her 21st birthday which is crazy to think about because it feels like it has been like a lot longer since we've been there and i've been definitely itching to go back and I'm very happy that when I do go back, there's uh, a bunch of new stuff to look at because we were there last night for Emily's birthday. We were there for two weeks. So we literally had time to do everything. But this time, Steve and I were only going to be there for a week, which is fine because when I was there for two weeks, I, I got a little homesick. Uh, I felt like maybe we stayed like a little bit too long. Uh, so this week or this week, uh, so this time we're only going for one week, which I feel it's going to be like the perfect amount of time. And since I won't be such a tourist, I've done a lot of the things that I know that I won't have to do again. This time I can just lock in and just do everything that I want to do. And it's going to be cool because Steve's going to be there. He's always full of good energy. And 
I get to check out Pandora Land, which is new and supposed to be super, super exciting. I have stayed away from like all ride spoilers. I just um, hear about it from my friends who have gone and I'm pretty excited to check out uh, Toy Story Land because Pixar Fest is so hyped up over here. Uh, I definitely want to check out more Pixar stuff, so I'm excited to go check out Toy Story Land um, in Hollywood Land, which is supposed to be pretty cool. L- looked awesome from all the videos that I've seen, and uh, know a bunch of people who've been there already and had some good things to say about it. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. And that trip's at the end of October, so I will be in Florida for Halloween, which is crazy because um, last year. Uh, I was home for Halloween, but the week before that, I had done an East Coast trip with Johnny, which was cool. We hit uh, New York, went to Boston, Salem, did a little short stop in New Haven, uh, which is funny because I I think about it now. The whole reason uh, we stopped in New Haven was to try their pizza. Um, and this is uh, me just jumping around random topics, but, uh, Johnny had asked me, he's like, why did we stop in New Haven just for one night? And it totally slipped my mind. But the whole reason we stopped there was to try their pizza because, um, there's that show on munchies with the host, uh, Frank Pinello. And he, um, went to Connecticut and, or went to New Haven, excuse me, and tried, um, some of their local pizza. And it's supposed to be some of the best pizza in the world. But that night, I I honestly totally forgot about it. We got to New Haven. I was super tired. I literally didn't want to do anything. So I just went to bed. Johnny went out. Uh, I, I don't even know what he did. I, I didn't even care. I was like, I don't want to do anything. I'm so tired. I'm just going to go to sleep. But here we are, like almost a year later. And I'm just now realizing that we went to New Haven to get pizza. And we didn't get pizza. So... That sucks, but I'll, I'll make it back. Um, have to go out there and actually do another East Coast trip and definitely try more pizza. The best pizza we had, we, we hit, um, yeah, New York, New Haven, Salem, and Boston. And the best pizza we had was in Brooklyn at Frank Pinello's uh, spot called Best Pizza. So next time we go, we're gonna have, definitely gonna have to hit up some locals because we went to like the most random pizza shops, and for the most part, everything sucked. The only good pizza, the only pizza that I, I am like remembering that's worth talking about is Frank Pinello's best pizza on Brooklyn or in Brooklyn. So next time we're definitely gonna have to hit up some locals and go to some cool spots some spots that um are definitely under the radar for locals only i hate being away for so long it's always such a bummer because there's so many times where i just wish i could be in the studio recording the podcast telling you guys about all this cool and crazy things that i experience uh and and it sucks that um i've been gone for so long because i know there's gonna be um some point this week where i'm just uh sitting and a topic's gonna hit me we're like damn i should have talked about that on the podcast but it's been so long since we've been in the studio and so much has happened i can't remember everything off the top of my head so I apologize, uh, but your boy has to go on vacation sometimes. I gotta reset, clear my mind, but we're back. JMK Podcast is on its regular schedule. Next week, I wanna bring a guest on. I'm not sure who, but we're gonna lock somebody down and it's gonna be a crazy, cool, fun episode. We'll spice it up. And I just wanna thank you guys for coming back, checking out this episode. Make sure you guys are subscribed. If you're not, um, I don't normally ask this, but if you guys would be willing to go and go give me um, a rating on iTunes so we can um, pump up the podcast even more, have it uh, spread and reach more uh, people, that would be greatly appreciated. And I love all of you. Thank you for being here every week. This has been another episode of the Jamie RK Podcast, Always on Top.
Breathe in, leave it all behind I just wanna see the light